Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. We're looking forward tonight to be able to have a candlelight service and a few other things. And uh, Christmas is a special time of the year where we get the chance to remember the true gift that keeps on giving. We can get so bogged down by so many stuff in the world. But there is this deep love. This is this deep um, peace, which we'll talk about today, that comes from our Lord and Savior, that transforms our life. And how many are just thankful for that transforming peace? Yeah. And you know, and um, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And so I thank God for changing my life. I thank God for just all that he's done. But I thank God for seeing the transformation that he does in people as people open their hearts and let God be God. Amen. Are you ready to go before the Lord? Have a great day in the Lord. The Bible says, this is the day. Let us, let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice to rejoice. Let's go before Father. Father, thank you so much. Just for who you are, all that you do. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. Father, we're so grateful that we can celebrate this day to remember this day of all that you've done. Now, Lord, I pray that your peace may be known. I pray, God, that you draw our hearts ever so close and may your Holy Spirit have his way in this place. Now, Lord, as we offer up our worship to you, not just a song, but a song with heart, may you receive all praise and glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. We're going to talk about peace this morning. Peace. Peace is a beautiful word. Peace is something that I don't know about you, but... We need sometimes when we live in a world that's not peaceful or we're in a situation that's not peaceful. So far, we talked about hope, that the God of hope has given you hope no matter what situation. And with that comes love, and from love, joy. And today, we're going to talk about peace. Now, I'm going to have the ladies go ahead and start giving your gift for you. And um, this gift is a... Every gift you get is a gift that's kind of corresponding to the message. And today, I want to talk about peace, finding out the real keys to finding peace. You know, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people who don't have peace in the world. I mean, they may live, they may even know Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right there, there's a lot of people in the world who know, say they know Jesus, they have no peace. And the reason why they don't have no peace is because they're looking at their present situation or their circumstance or the season they're in, and seasons do come and go. Amen? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time for everything. Everything. There's a time in seasons of life. And we go through seasons, but we can learn a lot through those seasons if we open our hearts to learn. And so as you're receiving this gift, this is a gift. Every, day, every week I have my little bag, and so you're going to be getting this Incredible key to the city. <laughs> but a keychain that has a scripture on it as you remind yourself that with this keychain that has scripture, it's understanding that peace comes from the Lord. The only peace, true peace, comes from the Lord. And so as you um, get that, I want you to remind yourself of this message about the keys to peace. You know, peace is um, kind of different for everybody. Um, you know, it's, it could be a place. It could be something you do. Um, it could be, uh, you know, something that you wish for. Boy, I just could wish I had peace. The kids go to bed and I can have some peace. I don't think any parents have ever said that one. But, 
But what do you do for peace? I mean, what do you do for you to get away from things? For me, I love being outdoors. Um, sometimes just being in the woods, you know? Right now, I'm not in the woods anymore when I hunt, so it's kind of different. The other day, I went in the woods, and I'm like, oh, man, I miss this being in the woods. I got, just many, I got more deer than people coming to me than in the woods, but still, being in the woods is, like, different, so different. And I had 15 deer came in on the, uh, my blind the other time. I shot none of them because I didn't want anybody but the one I was looking for. But it was such a one that I had the best time hunting, and I didn't even shoot any. Could have, but I didn't because I didn't want to. Because you know when you shoot a deer, you know what the problem is? You got more work. And I didn't want more work. I, if I'm going to work, I'm going to work for the guy I want. But I say this to say this. Everybody has a place or something in your mind where you say, man, this is peaceful. Whether it take a drive on a country road, or what it is. But I want you to understand something. Do you experience peace in God in your trials, in your troubles, in, in your situations? Because if we look at peace, this is where we come. You know, we have peace signs. Uh, we have peace in every language. You know, and every one of these peace signs here have a story. And every one of these peace signs was kind of came out of different stages. This here was never meant for peace. It was meant for victory. But it got turned around in the process. Now it can be victory and it can be peace. You know, the peace sign itself was all about nuclear rise and nuclear development. And all of these symbols came out of a need for peace. I want you to get this because this is really important. Because I don't want you to just talk about peace. I don't want it just to be, you know, a five-letter word that you know, peace. I hear peace all the time. World peace. World peace will never happen. Never happen. Scripture is very clear about that. We've had, we had more civilizations under war. And I think it's the last I, I, I studied, out of all our civilization of living on this planet, there's only been 277 years of peace out of all of the time. Because we are a fallen race and we want to fight when we, don't dis we disagree and everybody wants it Burger King way, I want it my way or else. It's a nice world peace, but I'll tell you how world peace is going to come. According to the book of Revelation, God's going to give world peace because he is the peace. He's going to make things right. If you study Genesis, first three chapters in Genesis and study the three chapters in Revelation, you're going to amaze how God's working a great plan on how he started something and got all miscombobulated and yet... In the process, he's working out this whole plan, even now, and then in Revelation, he's going to bring it all back where his people will be together with him. Now, that being said, God's peace is different than the peace that someone may greet you. When I used to be, uh, in my younger years, going to church, they would have a moment where peace be with you and greet people's hands and say, peace be with you. And that's a nice thing to say, peace be with you. People in different countries, whether it's a Muslim, whether it's a Jewish people, they will, Muslim will say Salim, and a, a, a Hebrew, they would say Shalom. Uh, it's great, peace. We come, Salem is city of peace. That's where it comes from. Shalom, Shalom and Shalim, peace. But peace is just a word unless peace is experienced. And God has a peace you can experience. And it's sad because I know when I have my troubles... I understand this because I have, I have got these keys and I put these keys in operation almost every day. Because no matter what I'm going through, I know who leads my life. I know who's there. And I want to share this with you today so that you can live life differently. You don't have to live life from moment to moment or how you're feeling. Never lead your life by your feelings. It will lead you astray every single time. 
Peace is this. God's peace, listen to the definition here. You can write this down. Is a peace that is constant. It's just, it's not just the absence of noise or suffering or conflict, but it's God's peace in the midst of those things. Did you get that? Meaning, wait a minute. Yeah, I, you can have peace even in the midst when things are not going right. My aunt taught me a great lesson. It happened to be my grandmother's sister. And we would get together, and my aunt, one day, she had 11 children. And I said, how did you do it? I only had four. My four were easy. I, I could have had a lot more. It was not a problem. I loved my four. I miss them when they got grown up. I'm like, man. So when I see small kids, I think of, man, I, I love those days. Those days were fun. Right, Paula? <laughs> the part she disagreed with me is having more kids. She's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, but um, that being said, I think it was great, but she had 11 kids, and I asked her one time, I said, how do you do it? How do you have 11 kids, and how you didn't lose your hair, and she still had the joy, and she's taught me this. She says, well, she said, Brian, this is what I do. When I go to bed, in my mind, I take all my problems, all my situations, and I put them in a shoebox, and then I cover the shoebox, and I put the shoebox underneath the bed, and I tell the Lord, Lord, we'll take this up tomorrow. We're going to get some sleep. And she says, I physically take my problems. I do not, I physically, in my mind, put them in the shoebox. I close the shoebox, and I put them on the bed, and I go to bed, and I sleep soundly, no matter what situation is going on in the world or in my family or with my kids. And I said to myself, that's wise. What was she doing? She was learning how to depend and trust God in the midst when things are not going the way we want them to go. She was willing to trust Lord and put everything and say, God, you're bigger than I. I can't handle this. Matter of fact, I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm aggravated. Lord, I'm having a real problem here. But then to stop and to change the way you think, and we'll talk about this, and that's what she was doing. She's like, okay, I'm going to change the way I'm thinking and I'm feeling, and I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to put it on the bed, and I'm going to sleep well. Most people can't sleep at night because they can't control their mind. Their mind is so active, and they're thinking, 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 and God, the enemy of your soul is robbing you of your sleep and even of your health and even of your peace. When you can't sleep is because your mind is wandering all those things, but God says, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. Someone say amen. amen. We'll talk about this. Hopefully we'll get some rubber to meet the road. J. Oswald Sanders said, peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. I took his little saying and I kind of added to it. This is my version of the quote. Peace is not the absence of problems, but the assurance that God of all creation has your problem. Why don't you get that now? Because we don't think God has our problem, but God has our problem. Listen, I don't only have my own problem in my life, but because of the ministry, I adapt all the other problems that are out there. So there's not a day necessary, but there's no problems. There's always some problem because someone's always going through something. There's always this constant, constant thing taking place. And so we need the wisdom of God. We need the peace of God. We need to know how we need to handle these things. Someone say amen. amen. So every generation has wanted peace. Every generation has wanted peace. Let me show you a portion of scripture that I think is powerful. It's in your bulletin, and it's here on the screen. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, easy to remember. John 3.16, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Amen? So we got, the, we got that down. Now listen to what it says, and you'll get it. And it's easy. Now may the Lord of peace, the God of peace himself, give you peace at what times? All times and in every way. The Lord be with you. 
May the God of peace himself give you peace all times in every way. That's a powerful portion of scripture because when you're going through something, you say, oh, 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says the God of peace is going to give me peace in all times, in all ways, and he, he's going to bless me. He's going to be with me. Oh, that's, a, that's a comfort. But you've you got to think that because you can't know God if you don't read your word. If the word of God's not in you, then it's not going to flow from you. It's like having water in a cup. If it's not in the cup, it ain't going nowhere. Look at this, John 14. My, my thing just died. Oh, it came back. It's been a very interesting morning today. <laughs> John 14, hey, you just enjoy the Lord. You just go. John 14, 27, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. No, the Lord says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. But you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. No, maybe someone doesn't. Maybe I don't. Maybe your family doesn't. But God does. God went through a lot when he was on earth and he loved us still. Even when they're on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let me just tell you, he gives us peace. And he says, I leave this peace with you, not the peace of this world. Because God's peace is peace when you're going through some stuff. I love acronyms. If you know me, I just like to help people remember things. I got five. I'm only giving you two. The gift of God is walking in assurance. Assurance is knowing and so I added this one word at the end here just because it made a better sentence structure, but peace. What, what does peace mean? Putting everything at Christ's eternal throne. Peace. When I'm going to say, God, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to carry it. I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to carry it. I'm going to cast. And then this is the part. When you do, you become a person now, people exhibiting a Christ-like example. Because when you have peace, people are going to see it. Listen, do you want to hang around with someone who's just like all over the place? and No peace. They drive you crazy. We don't want to be driven crazy, do we? No, no, no. But if you have someone who's just, and they have peace, even if they have the peace of God that transcends all understanding, this is a real deal. I see people in such turmoil so many times, and I ask them, there is a better way of living. There really is. I know. I've been on both sides of the fence. You couldn't get me to go to the other side anymore. That side almost killed me nine times. This side now, listen, God has a peace. Look at your neighbor and say, do you want that peace? Just ask him, do you want that peace? I'm going to need a little help uh, with this. And um, Ryan, you're close. So come up here, Ryan. And let me just say, I got my family here uh, visiting. So Ryan and Kim and Karen and... And Elena is getting some well-needed sleep. She just came in. Like I said, today's been an interesting day. And so this is my wonderful brother-in-law, um, Ryan. And um, hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. I'm looking forward to um, having dinner. <laughs> and so, Ryan... I have all these keys here, and one of these keys fits this lock. And so, in understanding peace, there's a key, and every key is designed for every lock. You can have a lot of keys, 
but if it doesn't fit the lock, you're going to have to do something else to get it through. So, Ryan, I'd just like you to try to pick one key. I know you, so you're going to, don't scrutinize, you can't look here, cheat here, look at this. Come on, I know this will, you're a very intelligent young man. I want you just, I'm going to give you five seconds to pick a key. I want you to search them out. I'll even do this for you. Okay, and go. One, two, three, four, five. He sought the key. He intentionally... He sought the key. He intentionally looked at all these keys. There must be at least maybe 12 keys here. Only one key fit. And he had to make a right decision. He had to look at the keys. And now, Ryan, the real truth is, did you pick the right key? What do you think? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> He's not sure. Well, Ryan, I'm going to let you see what you did. You, wait, you sought the Lord. You went after you. You, you did something. You could, never open the, you could never open up unless you had the right key. And I didn't even give him time to study it. See, that was great. You made my illustration even better. But, <laughs> but the reality is he could never open this lock unless he sought the key. If you want peace, don't go away. Yeah, I, I just, if you want peace, Ryan took the, the right key, placed it in here, and opened up the lock. Jesus is that key. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Ryan. I have to, uh, Ryan was so gracious and stuff. Life has been really busy, and I've had a dishwasher uh, for a long time, not hooked up, and he hooked up my dishwasher for me, and oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my wife is so happy on that one. <laughs> I meant to. It just, just, just gets a little, little much. But that being the case, life is getting the right key. We spend so much time in life on so many things, and they drain us. They don't fill us. They don't give us peace. Can I just tell you, we're celebrating Christmas. Now, if I'm going to talk to you on this one, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to help you. It doesn't matter if the fork's on the right side or the left side. It doesn't make a difference if the, fold, the napkin's folded just the way it has to be folded. The most important is you get together with people. You're with people. Just enjoy it. And if the kids make a mess, just enjoy it. Because that's what kids do. And it's Christmas. And if there's any time a kid should make a little bit of mess, it's on Christmas. The kids had no chores on Christmas at our house. They loved it. It's like, Dad, we don't have to do nothing today. Today's chore list. And I'm like, that's right, son. But don't, don't overdo it. <laughs> but, but the thing I'm trying to get to you is that we lose our peace and we need to get the key. So let's talk about five keys about getting peace in our lives. It's important. Lost my screen again. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being patient. Technology sometimes. Oh, I guess we lost everything, huh? Of course it did. Let's praise the Lord. Oh, I hope tonight's service goes better. <laughs> Well, we'll try to catch you up. The first key is this. The first key is this. Key to walking in peace. The key to walking in peace is you have to receive God as your Savior. 
The salvation is so important. In Luke chapter 2, is a story. It says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10 says this. Bring the in, and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. This is important. I love this part. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men who favor rest. This is such a powerful portion of Scripture to understand that there's a relationship with Mary. Mary here, uh, not Mary, the shepherds here are obedient, and the angels are singing. And if the angels singing, you need to sing a little bit too. Because the salvation that we have, you can't know peace unless you go to the one of peace. So many people are trying to do life without God. Yeah, you can put religion in there. Religion's never going to do it for you. Religion's man-made. Relationship is God. God created relationship, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. He just wants a relationship. Why in the world does God want a relationship with you? It's simple. It's not because you have, you're all that in a bag of chips. He loves you. That's the reason why he wants a relationship with you. He, he loves you. And even though we go through some hardships and even though we go through some things that we just don't know why, it happens in life. We live in a fallen world with full of fallen people and yet there's a God who wants to pick us up and help us in the story of our lives. So he says there's good news of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. There's good news for all people. God's peace is connected to God's favor. So the first key, the first key is that you need to put Christ as your Savior. Look at the second key. Now the second key is to walk in God's peace is that there is no peace without faith in God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore being justified by faith. Justified simply means just if you never sinned. It's justified. You get right with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is the evidence of things not seen yet believed and hoped for. That's faith. So when you're going through a hard time and you don't feel peaceful, you're saying, God, wait a minute, your word says you never leave me nor forsake me. Hello? Do you believe it? Don't believe it. That's what you're going to have to face. Your word says, Lord, that you're, gonna, you're with me. And you're in me. That's what helps me. Because every single time, and I've worked many years now, and God has done so much. See, I'm a blessed guy because I should have died at a very young age many times. Then later on in my 20s, I should have died many times more. Somehow God kept me alive through all kind of things and prevented so many things. I remember one time I had a simple surgery. Everybody knew me in the whole hospital. And they would joke in my room. They'd come in my room and they'd say, oh, you're the one they almost lost. Because my surgery was such a simple one. But it got very complicated. They had no blood for me. I bled, almost bled to death. It was just a wonderful story they told me. <laughs> but that was just the start of my days, actually. You see, what I'm trying to say is that no matter what comes through and what we go through, there is a peace of God that transcends all understanding, and we can walk in that. 
It's not something like way over there and I can't obtain it. No, if you can't obtain it, it's because you haven't got a chance to spend time in the master. Or even if you know God, you're not having time in prayer and you're not casting, you're carrying. Oh, I feel the pain. It's important for you to understand this is all really, really the key to receive it. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to walk by faith. Romans, I like this one. Hebrews 11.6 says this. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Hello. And that he rewards those who what? Earnestly seek him. See, the thing that people say, I love God, and I always say to them, listen, love is always an action. Love does. You can't say, I love you, and don't show anything to say that. If I say to my wife, I love you, and, and I can't install a dishwasher... I said, Ryan's coming down. <laughs> no, I put a new floor in. I put a whole bunch of stuff. I just didn't get to, a, I didn't get to the dishwasher. I got a whole kitchen yet to do put in. We'll get there. But that being said, I would wash the dishes if you didn't want to. It's not a big deal. But I'm so grateful that it's installed. I'm very happy. <laughs> that being said, you love by doing. You really do. You say, we love God. Well, what are you doing to show God you love? I mean, he's, is he first on your priority? Do you just fit him in? Uh, what is it? Because love, if someone says, I love you, and we do, we do counseling or, or whatever, and, and you get these kids going, and they want to get married, and they're like, I love you. And I said, well, how deep is that love? Because it's amazing. I've seen love very shallow. I saw great words, but very shallow, act, shallow actions. You know, throwing grease at someone is not exactly love. I don't know. Does anybody know? Uh -huh. Frying pan with grease, does that sound like love? Because at one time, they said, hey, I love you. Just saying. Love is an action. And so this is the real deal that if you love God, God says simply this, that faith without works is dead, and your, your faith should be seen in by your actions. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You are in a battle sometimes. We live in a fallen world, and yes, the enemy of your soul is going to come. The world is actually, you know, Christians are not going to be the popular. It's going down the tubes even so fast. Persecution is coming to the church. It's not a question of if, it's just when. It's no different than the time of Rome. Because when you say there's a certain way according to the word of God, and people don't like it, they always want it their way, well, it's a, it, we're all going to meet the maker one day. But you can walk in peace even in the problems. I was thinking of somebody who was really one that walked in peace and one that had peace in some terrible moments and I, the Christmas story. And I, I had to think of Joseph. I mean, could you imagine, men? Could you imagine if you were Joseph? Let's read the text and listen to what it says. Because um, I'm going, no. We're going to Mary first. Look at Mary. Look at the text. So she's talking about faith. Her faith was incredible. It says this, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will be a child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And I like this. This is really important to understand. Verse 32, and he will be great, and will be called the son of the Most High. Most High, the, the, the top. The, the, uh, you're going to get a chance to bear forth this child. 
goes on to say this, and he will reign, and the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the Holy One will be born, and you will call him the Son of God. I like this. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who has said to be barren in her sixth month, is pregnant. For nothing is impossible, God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be unto me as you said. And then the angel left her. Can you imagine the faith she took to accept this journey? Here's Mary, betrothed to Joseph, and she's saying, okay, I'll do it. I said, yeah, okay, you got a plan? I'm your girl. I'm your girl. I'll do it. Mary was at peace with the situation. But she was about to go into a season that was difficult. And God asks us to do some things that are difficult sometimes. And we're like, yeah, I'll do anything. God, I'll do anything. And God gives you something to do. But it's inconvenient. Lord, behold, if it's inconvenient for us. Not that it wasn't inconvenience for Jesus to go to the cross. Or how about just to live with us for 33 years? You know, in Scripture, Jesus says, how long must I suffer you to his disciples? That was a real encouragement for you and I. That's what Jesus said to the disciples after them just not getting it. How long must I suffer you? There's three things, three Ps. Write this down. Three Ps that will really affect your faith. Three Ps. The first one's pressure. Pressure. Pressure in life. Mary chose to walk in the peace of God in the midst of the pressure. Great pressure. Because inside the internal pressure of like, wow, she's now pregnant. She's in betrothal. That means that back in uh, those days in betrothal, meaning it was like an engagement, but they was more married. They just not consummated their union yet. And that's the time she becomes pregnant. You think that was good of God to do that? Mess up a person's life like that? It don't even seem fair. Because, boy, did everybody talk. And especially when she went to go visit Elizabeth and then come back. Whoa, what's that bubble? Where did that come? What happened? And then she has to go and say, no, nothing happened. This is God. How would you think? This, is, this, this goes... You see, so pressure, the pressure. She becomes pregnant in the midst of the betrothal. And there's Joseph. We'll talk about him. And it's, it's crazy the pressure this young lady went under at a young age. She probably was a young teenager, 16, 17. It's amazing. Then there's persecution. So you have the pressure of life, the persecution. How can you imagine the people in the village? The same people that love Mary. Oh, she's such a sweet girl. She's that nice. And then she gets pregnant. Oh, that woman of the night. Mm. That's how fast people can change just because when something happens. They don't understand. They, they don't understand that this is a God thing. They don't understand it. So when people don't understand something, instead of trying to get all the fact, no, we just come to our own conclusion and think we know everything, and we can be so far off. You'll lose your own peace when you get your nose in other people's business but keep your eyes and your heart on the Lord himself, and he will give you peace, even when the times of persecution. Unkind words, looks, and actions, yet Mary stood the test. 
She had a faith in God. She knew who her God was. That's how we stand strong is we've got to know who God is. The last P, pressure, persecution, and here's the big one, pain. Because when we have pain, boy, it's tough to have faith when you're in pain. You know, you ever have someone step on your toe or you drop like a sledgehammer on your toe or something really, you know, someone runs over the toe, you know, with their car or whatever, you know, and, and you tell the person, hey, smile. They don't feel like smiling. Why? The pain is great. And sometimes when the pain is there, it's really hard. And I just want you to look at this. Mary was enduring the pain, and she even had to watch her son be crucified on that cross. Pressure, persecution, and pain. Number three, look at the number three key. The key to walking in God's peace is knowing how to walk in the word of God. This is huge. Matthew 1.18, look what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. I want you to get this. This is important, this is important for you to understand. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to the son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Here's Joseph. His wife is pregnant. What does he do? He has an encounter with an angel. And what does he do as soon as the dream is over? He goes and he takes the woman because he was a godly man. And you know, we live in a world today, and I got two sponges here. I want to illustrate this to you. This here is representing God's word. The Bible says a renewing of your mind by the washing of the word. When you get in the word of God, God does something on the inside of our soul. But you all know, all of us live in the world, and the world is full of junk. The world tries to make you buy toothpaste, and if you buy it, boy, oh boy, you know, the life will be so much better for you. If you drive the right car, you're right, you're right there. You know, the, all of this pressure in life, but it's full of sin, too. Things that is an ungodly system that does not edify God. The problem is, Joseph was a godly man, heritage to David, connected to the very seed of David. And you know what? He was in the same world. And when we are in the world, we get immense. And what comes out of us is what we surround ourselves with. The company you keep is the food you eat. And so if you surround yourself with those that, you know, are not godly and just constantly trying to get you to do things, this is what's going to come out of you. Nothing different is going to come out of you because what you take up on a daily basis of this world is just what's going to come out. Just the same stuff. It's like a computer. What you put in comes out. Can't blame the computer because it's programmed. 
But the same thing happens if you and I, if we surround ourselves, even though we live in this world, but we're putting this inside of us. Because it's not what's around us, it's what's in us. Right now, what's in this sponge is clean, clear, good. When you think about it, love, joy, hope, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, all that stuff is in this self-control. But if you look at the world today, you know, you got people, you got forgiveness. When you got forgiveness, you live life better. But when you hold on to unforgiveness, it just ruins your soul. It's like poison. And as long as you keep that poison, I'm not going to forgive that person because they hurt me bad. Well, you're hurting yourself bad by not forgiving. You see? And people don't realize that. But what is in us comes out of us. Joseph did right. He had peace even in the midst of trouble. His girl, his wife, becomes pregnant in the worst possible time. He loves this girl. And he knows it's not his. And she's saying, yeah, God did this to me. The Holy Spirit's what's in me. And he's like, no way, Jose, you're not having it. Until the Spirit of God shows up and the angel Gabriel. 400 years, God has spoke silent to the people of Israel, has said nothing. And what broke the silence was the first time with Zechariah while he's given incense before the Lord and the second tour of Gabriel with meeting Mary. Other than that, those 400 years, God was not speaking to his people because his people were rebellious and not listening and he was not speaking. But at the right time, Galatians 4.4 says, at the right time, Christ Jesus came into the world. God had a plan to bring you peace. Someone say, praise the Lord. You see, when we understand this, great things take place. Look at this portion of Scripture here. Wait a minute, hold on. I need some peace. (laughs) John 14, 23 says this. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we, listen, plural, we, Trinity, we, will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear of me, those words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything. I have told you, I have said to you, peace I leave you, peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I love this part. Not let, do not let your hearts be troubled, but just trust in me. Oh, my word, how many times does Scripture tells us to do that? Over and over and over and over again. So many of us have to recognize what God wants to do in you and through you and around you. Let me look here at this fourth key. Key to walking in God's peace is through prayer. This is huge. I mean, I tell people all the time, are you praying? Are you talking to God? If you had a spouse or if you had a girlfriend or boyfriend, but you didn't talk to them, how good would that relationship be? They say long-term relationships are difficult. Do you know why it's difficult? Because of communication. You don't have communication, you will not have the major foundation of what takes relationships to thrive and drive. There are some other major ingredients, but communication is huge. And it does not happen. It has to be intentional. 
It has to be intentional for communication to take place. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. Be, care, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto who? God. You go upward. Now the results of going upward. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will, shall keep your hearts and your mind through Jesus Christ. Man, this powerful portion of Scripture is full of promise. Full of promise. The Word of God brings the presence of God in our life. Seven days without prayer makes one W-E-A-K, weak. No word, no prayer equals no presence. So you can't say, I know God, you spend very little time talking to him. How do you know what's his heart? What is he saying? What does he want? What does he want you to do? It's all in communication. When I have a problem, I usually, I take it to God right away. God, what do you want me to do? I try not to just do what I do, even in my own strength. I'd be careful not to lean on my own strength because you can run problems in that as well. First Thessalonians 5, 16, I love this. Pray, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Hmm, that's always bringing God into the equation. Give thanks, give thanks in all circumstances. Not for them, but in them. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I don't know about you, but... We need to understand God has a better way. And the last one, the last one, our fifth one. Our fifth one is just as important as all the other four. Our key to walking in peace is a choice to walk with God daily, daily. The peace of God daily. John 14, 27. Peace I leave you, and I put this in here over and over again because I hope you go home with it. Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. Has God given you peace? Hello? So he's already given you what you need. He's left it with you. Do not, I, I do not give as the world is give. No. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Do not look at your situations because it will rob you of your peace. We so often want to just, how many of you, how many of you um, like to be in control? Come on, raise your hand. Okay, I'm there too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's good. <laughs> so that's okay because you need people like that at times. So, you know, if no one stepped up, guess what? We have problems. Oh, the guy's drowning over there. Really? What do you think we should do with that? I don't know. Let's just wait and see if someone steps up and jumps in the water and saves them. Somebody has to do something. But the reality is there's also a time where we have to gain understanding and sometimes... We need to use wisdom, common sense, and discernment. God says he's given us the peace. I leave it with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be, don't, you're in a situation. Okay, okay. Draw close to God, and he'll draw close to you. Psalms 29, 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with what? With what? Peace. Oh, okay, wait. Did, I miss, did we miss it sometimes? Because sometimes I wonder where peace went. Come on, we live in a real world, don't we? See, I'm trying to say that this is a real deal, and I want you to grab hold of this. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Often we're anxious about everything, and that's why we don't sleep well. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See the connection with your heart and mind? It's really the same thing. It's not your kaidea. Your kaidea just actually pumps blood. It's really all up here. 
but the ancients connected to the emotion part of the will to the heart. But it's all what happens between your ears, because that's where the soul is. Now, I want you to get this. This is important. Do you want peace in your life? Do you want to live in God's peace? And I would simply, let me just do this. I wasn't going to do this, try to take a safe of time, but I'm going to try to do this one. What do I have in my hand right here? Okay. You know, a glass of water is not much. It's little. And so often we end up being anxious and we end up being um, burdensome and worried about everything. And it's like a glass of water. It may not be very big. It could be very small. It's just a glass of water. Someone did something. Something didn't happen. Someone said something in the wrong way. You know, whatever it is. And, and, and you just start dwelling upon it. You start, it, it start, we dwell upon it. We just dwell upon it. We keep feeding it and keep feeding it. It may be small, but what you feed, guess what? Grows. If you had two dogs and you only fed one, which one would grow? Which one would live? The one you feed. So your thoughts are the same thing. What are you feeding? So how much do you think this weighs? Anybody give me something? How much do you think it weighs? Okay, it's 16 ounces. Give a guess. 14 ounces. 8 ounces, 12. It, 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 it really, in problems, if we gave weight to problems, there were some things you say, that's not a big problem. I, I can handle that problem. But that little problem, this little glass, becomes a bigger problem when I hold it because the problem becomes how long I hold it for. Something so little becomes so big because I keep holding it. And I lose my peace because, well, such and such didn't do this. I can't believe what my brother, sister, mother, father, aunt, uncle, whoever did this. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe that person offended me this way. I can't believe they violated me. Whatever it is, there's always something that we're carrying. And we carry it, we carry it. And we keep so long, and something so small to something so big, we still carry. And after a while, something so small is starting to affect my arm right now. It's no bill picking up a cup. You never think about picking up a cup and drinking, no problem. But when you have to hold the cup out for a long period of time, because you keep holding it, you keep holding it, you lose your peace. Because now you're experiencing some pain, some discomfort in your arm. And if I hold this long enough, and I happen to know this quite well, if you hold it long enough, you'll ruin your muscles, and then you'll ruin your tendons all in one shot deal. Because I remember I did it I, for two, three hours with an uh, air blower, just blowing leaves and blowing everything. And I was doing it, and I had to go to a doctor, and the doctor said, what did you do? I said, well, for three and a half hours or so, I, I was blowing leaves. He said, well, you wore your, you wore your muscles out, and then now your tendons started taking up. Now you, you injured, your, your tendons are all messed up. All because I kept holding this blower. And we do the same thing with our problems in life. We hold it. We think about it. We hold it. We we grumble, we complain, we worry. What does God want us to do? Let it go. And receive his peace. Let it go. Because holding it, there's some things in life God has not asked you to hold, has not asked you to carry. He's asked you to cast. Do you trust me? Do you really believe that I love you? That's why with everything that comes in my way, I learned to let it go because there's some things I don't understand. And I'm not going to tell you I do. But what I do know is I know who's in control. And therefore, as Job said, though he slay me, I will still trust him. 
because I trust him. I've gone through too much stuff. I trust him with everything. God wants you to trust him with everything. Let me show you this last scripture that's pretty powerful. Colossians 3.12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and here it goes, ready everybody? Forgive one another if any of you have grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, I love this, put on, that means you've got to do something, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs, and spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Wow. You see, what I want you to go home with that's really important for me is that I want you to know that God has peace. Problems are going to come. But if you're going to look at your problem, you're, going to, you're not going to have peace. You're going to look at your situation, people do. You cannot control what people do. Those that are young, you can't control what people in your family do. Those that are older, you can't control sometimes what your kids do. That's up to them. Our job as parents is to raise them up. And then they need to take what they've been raised in and walk in because now they're accountable before God. But in the midst of it, we can't lose our peace because Jesus has told us, peace I give you, peace I have leave with you. Now we have to walk in that peace. That's your choice now. That's an intentional choice you and I have to make. God does not want you to be a roller coaster individual, up and down, up and down. God, now you may start up and down. We all start like this. And then as you just stay in God, guess what happens? We start to, because we start to learn and grow. I'm going to say amen. amen. That's the process. Stand to your feet with me. It's been quite a morning, hasn't it? <laughs> I thank God you're all here this morning. I thank God. May the peace of God that suspends all the standing just continue to rest on your heart. Thank you so much this morning. You're such a big help. Appreciate you. I'm so glad you're here. Don't be a stranger. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things in life is to walk in that peace. And even with things that take place un that we're not expected, can you know God's with you? Now, the first thing we talked, the first key is those making Jesus your Savior. That's the first thing. Close your eyes with me for a moment here. The Bible says to come to God, and if we're going to have a relationship with God, the first thing we have to do is ask God for forgiveness. Is there something that you need forgiveness for? Because, yes, we've all said to come short of the glory of God. And the first thing to have a relationship is yielding your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ in relationship. That's why he came. It's not religion. God never made religion. He made relationship. Those watching online, he loves you. Though you may don't think he loves you, he loves you. And he's always bringing people into your life and situations and circumstances to get your attention so you can understand your love. That goes for each one of you here today. 
But you have a choice. You have to be intentional. You have to make the right choice to say, is Jesus Christ going to be the first love of your heart? Not second, not third. He has to be first. And if you're here today or watch it online and Jesus is not your Savior, if you died right now, you're not sure heaven be your home. That's, you got to know. You have to have the assurity. Because when problems come, you're going to need that assurity of who your God is in the midst of pressure, in the midst of pain, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of discomfort, whatever it is, you need to know. You need to know that you know that you know in whom I am persuaded and believe. And if you're here this morning and if you died right now, you are not sure that Jesus Christ would be your, that Jesus Christ would be your Savior. You're not sure that heaven would be your home. And you say, that's me. I'm not sure. But I want to be sure. Just raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Just say, that's me. I, I, I want. Go watch it online. Just raise your hand. God sees you right where you are. It's where relationships starts. Changed my life. So changed my life. I am so grateful. So grateful. So grateful. For those that raise your hand, I just want to pray with you. Those online here. I just want you to say right now within your heart, say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for not putting you first. Forgive, forgive me for living my life with not you being first. Because love does, and that's why you did. You left heaven, came to earth to provide a way. Now, Father, I ask right now that you would touch those here and those online, that they may know your love, know your hope. Know your peace, know your joy, because the light has come. May you continue to help them understand and get into your word, get into a place of worship so they can grow in relationship. We will give you all the praise and all the glory, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.